Hey, how's it going? This is Craig Cannon, and you're listening to Y Combinator's podcast. Today's episode is with Simone Yatch. Simone describes herself as a maker slash robotics enthusiast slash non-engineer. She's also known as the queen of shitty robots. She runs a YouTube channel about those robots and is a co-host on Tested with Adam Savage from Mythbusters. You can find her on YouTube and on Twitter at Simone Yatch. I'll also link up her Patreon in the description. All right, here we go. All right, Simone Yetch, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm I'm great. I'm really excited to like be invited to Y Combinator. I've followed you for a very long time, and I'm like, this is where it happens. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that YouTube entrepreneurship would lead you here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a it's been a pass, <laughs> but it led me here, and I'm very happy about it. So, for people who don't know you, you are the self proclaimed builder of shitty robots slash YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the queen of shitty robots was the dubious title the internet gave me. Um, yeah, it started as people calling me the queen of slash r slash shitty robots yeah. on Reddit. And then kind of the slash r dropped somewhere along the way. All I'm trying to say is that I did not come up with that title okay. myself because I'm a very humble person. <laughs> No, Which obviously a, led you to making videos about yourself on YouTube. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's just a parade of humility, my, my whole YouTube channel. But yeah, I, I'm an inventor and YouTuber is generally the title I describe myself with. Cool. Uh, so I want to start with a quote from your mom. And uh, she says, according to you, whatever feeds the ego kills the soul. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious given your occupation at the moment. Yeah, so, and her yeah. occupation too. Like she's a TV host back in Sweden um, and has worked as a TV host for, I mean, more than 20 years. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's I, – I agree with it. And it's kind of hard to have or you're trying to find a balance of having a job that does have a lot of ego in it but at the same time like not letting it make you an asshole. Right. But, and moreover, there's the trick of like staying in love with the thing you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because now, like, your first video, well, your first video I saw was in Swedish. And then, like, your <laughs> second video was 30 seconds long, right? And then you become famous for something like that. Yeah. Or, I mean, the first, the first project I had that kind of went viral was the toothbrush helmet, which is a skateboard helmet, it has a robot arm and, and the forehead kind of like a unicorn horn and a to- toothbrush at the end of it. And it brushes my teeth. Um, yeah. And that was the first like shitty robot project that I published. And it kind of like, I think within four months after that, I started working full time with my YouTube channel, which is crazy. It's kind of unprecedented. It was, I mean, I was in a phase in my life where I could make that transition because I was living in San Francisco. Um, I was working as an intern at an electronics company and I was, uh, my visa was expiring. So I was moving home and I'd kind of like planned to go home and like maybe do some freelance work. And I was like moving in with my mom and just trying to like, I just wanted to bring down my costs as much as possible so that I could really spend time just exploring things that I was interested in. That was kind of like me creating this like leap year type environment for myself. So it was very easy for me to make the transition. Like it was never that I was like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start working full time with YouTube. I was more like, I'm just like freelancing and kind of like giving some Arduino workshops and trying to get around with that. And then like the YouTube channel just kind of snowballed. Yeah. 
Was it obvious to you early on that that's where you were drawn to or were you just all about dabbling in the beginning and like trying stuff out? I was, I mean, I was going full force at it and I was really enjoying it. Like I felt I've had a lot of different jobs um, and in like a lot of different fields and it always felt like trying on a bunch of different pants and being like, oh, these kind of fit, like I can wear them, but they're like also like a little bit crawling up my butt and like these ones, I don't know, like they're not the most flattering and putting on the pants of like having a build YouTube channel was just like, okay, this is perfect. Okay. And now how do you keep that like passion for it going? Because it's like what we were talking about before is it can be a real grind. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think for me, it's kind of two sides of it. One is like really establishing boundaries because it's, I mean, it's when your job in part is documenting your life and telling stories of your life, it's really hard to like not let it seep in. Like it feels like a leaking ship and you're constantly trying to like patch it up to make sure you have free time and like other spaces where you don't have to like don't have work seep in. Um, so establishing boundaries really early on uh, was was one of those things, like just to make sure I still enjoyed it. And that was like what, part of that was never committing to an uploading schedule, which a lot of YouTubers have where it's like I make videos every week or every two weeks or every day. And I was like, no, I don't want to put myself in that position because like, who knows, like I want to be able to spend time on a lot of different things. Um, so that was a part of it. And the other one and that I kind of been working towards lately and this last year is making sure that I don't like you don't feel pigeonholed in this like specific type of content so I was mostly making shitty robot videos and there was like this format of like where I made like everything was kind of surrounded a gif like I would always make a project that like the end product was always a gif Mm -hmm. and that was always what I was thinking of initially um or as I was coming up with the idea. And I was like, what if I don't want to make shitty robots one day? And that's really scary. And feeling like you have to do something kind of puts you off it a little bit. So I started doing like other types of content and trying it out and seeing how people reacted. And people have been so tolerant and so accepting. And like, I have the really like such a good audience and they're just very down for anything. Um, so that was a part like feeling like I can, like that my YouTube channel is more like a journal of personal interest than a specific topic. Cause then you can like, how are you going to run out of things then? Like anything that you're interested in, you can make content about. I guess provided that you want to put your life out there. Yeah, but it's not really putting life. I mean, it, it's like, that's also a choice. Like you can, yeah, you can make content about your life, but you can also just make content about like plants. Like if I wake up and I'm like, fuck, orchids are rad. Let's dive into that. Like that's right. going to be, I'm not planning to make content about orchids. Please yeah, don't unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when it comes to, yeah, exactly that, right? Like thinking about shifting gears at some point or even thinking about shifting platforms at some point as like an individual creator on one of these platforms, establishing yourself as an entrepreneur, like how do you think about like planning for the future? What do you do? I mean, for, for me, it was very early, like really trying to keep things flexible in terms of what I do on YouTube, but also like, I just would, I just want to make sure that if I wake up in the morning or one day and I'm like, no, I don't want to do YouTube again. I have other options. Like you just want to make sure that you have other doors that you can go through if you want to. Um, and also to build a sustainable business because it's really brittle to kind of put all your 
eggs into one platform basket. Because like, who knows what's going to happen with YouTube in two years, it might not be a thing or like something changes. So um, I've just been trying to find many legs to or all these different legs to stand on business wise. And a part of that is like, I give a lot of talks and like that, which is, has been great. And that's kind of standalone. I mean, YouTube helps support that. Like they're all kind of supporting each other, but they're also separate. Another part is uh, starting a product design company and actually inventing things yeah, and yeah. actually releasing products, which has been great and super challenging and fun. Um, yeah, just to make sure that you diversify. And also, like, I don't think I'm going to make videos until I'm like 55. Right. That's the cutoff time. Right, 55 exactly. year old Simone or 55 year old me <laughs> is just going to be like, nah, I don't, I don't feel it anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, it's tricky. And so when it comes to, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to cover, but you mentioned product design. So like when it comes to product design, what were the challenges that you had to overcome? Because I knew you had certain, I mean, perhaps like anxieties around actually shipping like a fully fledged, beautiful product like you demoed on Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, how did you, how did you cross that bridge? So, I mean, mostly, or you mean because I've mostly made shitty robots well, so before? So, in the way, the way you've talked about it in the past is basically like, well, if I make, like, shitty robots, that's like, I just put it out there yeah. and, like, I, I can't fail. Yeah. No, it's definitely, and I mean, we're still working um, towards shipping the early birds, but we, we have a factory spooled up, like, we're on... I'm still waiting for things to get really painful yeah. because like hardware development and product design is really painful. Manufacturing is painful, but like so far I'm like, when is it going to hit? Like, when yeah. is it going to get really bad? And like, I mean, there's definitely been like some, some moments where you're like, Oh, how are we like, uh, but so far it's like, I mean, I have a great team that I'm working together and it's been fairly knock on wood. Yeah. Smooth. Um, but I think I, I was mostly, just nervous of like, how do you merge? <laughs> like kind of, I don't want to talk about the brand of, but like the yeah. brand of somebody who only makes shitty things uh, and actually trying to make a product that's really well finished and, and high end, but also a product that takes itself very seriously. Like that was my main, like there's a vulnerability, but in trying to put something out there where you're like, this is something that I actually think could help people. Yeah. Because also like, you protect yourself with jokes and you protect yourself with punchlines. I'm always like protecting myself by being the first person to the joke. And there's like, it's kind of self-deprecating in many ways. And building shitty robots was this like way of approaching a very intimidating field, which is robotics that I was really interested in, but I haven't gone to school for. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, if I only try to build shitty things and nobody can like make a joke on my expense, really. Uh, and making a product that takes itself really seriously and that it's kind of like lifestyle self-improvement. I was like, how does this, like, how do I communicate around this that doesn't sound super lofty? And um, yeah, that was definitely a challenge. But also I'm like, I'm allowed to make things that I think are pretty. And I'm allowed to like stand by pro and a thing and be like, I think I really like this. And I yeah. like this thing that I made instead of just being like, it's all shit. <laughs> well, I yeah. think that's like, that to me is the default, like, you know, East Coast criticism of California and like having come from the East Coast and then coming over here. Um, there's all that earnestness like built in here. Yeah. But, you know, some of the things are genuinely good. Yeah, sure. There's kind of like this polish on top of a lot of stuff that's like, oh, my God, you want to put a screwdriver in your ear. Yeah. But some things can just be good. Yeah. And like and it's funny you talk about it that way because it, 
it's also within a category of stuff that you're like, oh man, here we go. Yeah. Right? It's like a mindfulness calendar. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, so that was definitely, yeah, it was scary. It was yeah. surprising how scary it was and where it's like, yeah, just being like, I think that this is good and standing by that and not being like, jokes, 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 haha. Yeah. Yeah. So what motivated you to keep going? Just that I really, I mean, it was a product that helped me a lot um, and that I found great use for it myself. And also because like I've dreamt about making products ever since I was a kid. Like that's one of my longest running dreams. And this was kind of something that I'd made and that I hadn't seen anybody else make make it in, in this way. And um, yeah, it was like we should we should try and do it. So just to give it a quick summary for people, mm. like what is it? And why is it important? It is, unfortunately, a thing that's very difficult to explain without visual aid. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, I can link it in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a, uh, I've tried to find, like, the elevator pitch, but I'm always like, God damn it, I'll just show you photos. And yeah. then I like opening my phone and scrolling and being like, wait, wait, just a minute. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a calendar. Like, essentially, it's, I was always... When I've tried to add new habits or make sure that I do something, I'm always doing like the notepad crosses. Like you make a grid and you're like filling out these little crosses and kind of making these like gold star systems for yourself or like these trackers and stuff like that. Um, and I was looking at like, could you make something better than that or something that's like feels a little bit more sacred mm -hmm. than that? Because like a notepad, you can always like put in a drawer. So I just wanted to make a gold star system that has the exact same job as crossing out boxes. So it's essentially a, a calendar that has 365 days on it. So it represents a whole year. The columns are months. And if you tap a day, it lights it up. And it's almost like this kind of art piece or mm -hmm. like this. I think it's really pretty. <laughs> like, I think it was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like a visual reminder to stay committed to to the thing that you promise yourself to do. Right, so because I of used backstory. It. Yeah. yeah, I used it for meditation. So that was why I built it initially because I was starting to like feel kind of burnout and I had, yeah, just some bad projects that I was in and I was like, okay, I need to find ways to support myself. And I committed to meditating every day. And I was like just trying to find a way to like keep myself on track. And that was the result of it. Okay, yeah, because this is... There are so many commonalities to me between like, you know, quote, like creatives and entrepreneurs and like this burnout problem is one of the biggest ones. Right. Yeah. You just get, like so focused on it. And then, you know, like things are shifting now that the culture isn't just about like, man, I'm on the grind. Yeah. I'm not, like grinding. Um, it's more about working smarter. Um, but so when you think about like so now you're you're doing both basically. Right. So you have your like total. I mean, it is entrepreneurial, but like the creative outlet of making all your videos and then your entrepreneurial outlet. Are you noticing differences between like how you're working on both of these things? I mean, I feel like it's almost for me, it's the calendar project or the product design or entrepreneurial side has in some ways been almost less of a headache. But that's also because I I'm only or I mean, I'm like floating around in the project, but I'm mostly the creative lead yeah. where I'm like, this is what I want the product to be making. My my heavy lifting was in um, designing it or helping with the design effort and yeah. also making that campaign yeah, like and like the branding yeah. around it. Yeah. 
Um, so now when it's like setting up manufacturing and stuff like that, like I'm in on all of it, but I'm not the person making the phone calls. I have a team for it. So it's in some ways been like just from the way that we've structured the company, it's been less of a headache okay. and the, like the content social media side is more stressful. It's like having like a, what's it called? Tamagotchi? Tama oh, Tamagotchi? Yeah. 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 And you're constantly feeling, you're like putting out content and then you feel like your life bar is just like, or you're like, soon I have to like, I have to feed it again. Yeah. Um, so just the constant effort of that, I feel like, but I'm okay. starting to have more, a better distance to it. Yeah. Yeah. Through meditation, through like a metric, through just being, being jaded. more grown up. <laughs> yes. Like Getting older. caring about yeah. stuff. No, okay. just, I mean making because it's like in the beginning you when when you start kind of building your platforms online it just felt like if i didn't constantly feed this fire that i've like really worked my ass off to start yeah it would go out and yeah. you realize and now like because if i had some health issues i've been forced to take time off and i've been gone for a while and you realize that you can kind of come back and it's still there like if you build it to a certain certain level like it's not really going to go away just like that just because you're not constantly feeding it um yeah so that's probably the the main thing okay no i i very much feel that I, it's like that that fear pops up seemingly for people of all shapes and sizes that like the fear that whatever they have was a fluke and it's just going to go away. Like it's sort of imposter syndrome, but it's, it's kind of something else. Like I've noticed like a, a pretty intense risk aversion among a lot of tech employees because yeah. they're like, Oh, I'm in a sweet spot right now. Not realizing that they could leave and go join another big tech company if their thing never yeah. worked out. Um, and it's obviously a downside of like high cost of living, but I could see that being really scary. Yeah, you just want to make sure. I mean, it's like it's your baby or it's something you've put so much effort and work into and you're really worried that if you're going to step away from it, it's going to die. Yeah, but I think stepping away from it is is really smart. Like with the way you, you've talked about some the video stuff before and, and even earlier when you were like, I think about like a GIF first when mm -hmm. I make a video. I think that's so smart. Like I think a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Yeah. And I'm just going to like jump in and like I'll put my face on the video and that's it. Like yeah. just see the sub subscribers like go up. Um, but that like product first and not not only just product first, but like marketing first thinking is really interesting. But it's not also it's kind of it wasn't a master plan. It just I mean, that was a methodology that kind of evolved as I was doing it or a methodology that I noticed that I had been using yeah. Okay. Like without consciously noticing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and kind of, but it's also like I was mostly making gifts and the first video that I uploaded was seven seconds, like of the toothbrush helmet. So that was basically just like yeah. almost uploading a gift to YouTube. Um, but then people started requesting getting more like information about the build. And then I did where I like released a short video that was kind of the GIF version of it. And then also like a longer video where I kind of explained what I'd done or like me playing around more with the machine. Yeah. Um, so it was more like there was never a master plan. Okay. But like, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. Like you just keep doing what you have fun with and what works. But like, I guess what I'm curious about is your like problem finding mechanism. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, because that was also one of the pro approaches of being like, what is something I struggle with? Yeah. And it was like waking up in the morning 
and it's like, what's like the craziest solution or like a really weird kind of out there solution you could do to solve that. And I did made like an alarm clock that slapped me in the face with a rubber hand. Um, yeah. But now I'm not as much doing like problem solving shitty robots. It's more like the sentiment I'm more going for now is like any idea or project or thing I want to build where I'm like, huh, I wonder how that would like work out or what that would look like. Okay. And that's like, I mean, I painted a mural in my workshop only using my feet and like a climbing harness and like kind of rappelling down on the wall and having paint on my boots. And like, that was just like, oh, I wonder what that would be like. And okay. that's kind of the, yeah, the type types of projects that I'm currently going for that I'm interested in. But even, would you say you're scratching the same itch with your like personal health vlogging stuff? Cause I, <laughs> cause I feel like it is like, it's, it's a lot of like an insight into just, whoa, what would it be like to be that person going through this experience? No, it's, okay. that wasn't really, yeah. So backstory, I, a, a year ago or a year and a month ago, I found out that I had a brain tumor and I actually, today is the one year anniversary of my brain surgery. Yeah. May 30th, uh, Congrats. 2018. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are we celebrating or am I like supposed to be sad or what am, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went through brain surgery and I decided fairly early on to try and share parts of the, of the story. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, honestly, it was there was a week after I found out where I was like trying to like digest what was happening myself and where I was like, should I, like, how do I tell people this? Like, do I let people into this? Is there an option for me to not do it? Yeah. And I just felt like screaming from the top of a mountain and being like, this terrifying thing is happening to me. Like it was really, it was awful to try and keep it and not tell people and keep it secret. Like I just couldn't, like I, there was no, I 100% wanted to tell people what was happening. And I think in part it was like, it was a way for me to process it myself. Mm-hmm. And it also became a way, yeah, for me to try and make sense of it. And it in some way put me in control because suddenly like, it wasn't just this thing that happened to me. It was this thing that was happening to me and it was totally out of my control, but I could kind of feel like I could control how I could tell the story mm-hmm. and how I could like tell people what was happening. And I, there was just something that was very empowering, which is a very lofty word, but there was something that like really felt cathartic to be able to be like, huh. cause it kind of, it kind of like got, I got to not just be like a victim of this thing. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering about the p- public element because I've, I've in personal experiences, like definitely uh, handled them through journaling, right? So yeah. it's like when you put it down on paper in some way, you're like, oh, that's maybe not as big as I thought it was, or I have like a stronger grasp of it. But yeah, like the public element of it. Yeah, there was definitely, I mean, I was like, when I was kind of thinking about it, I was also like, there, there was this whole aspect of being like, am I trying to commodify this like pain or yeah. trying to make it into a business? Am I trying to like make people feel sorry for me? Like I was definitely trying to examine it and being like, why do I really feel like I was telling people or like what I wanted to tell people? Um, but it wasn't really, I mean, I've always been a compulsive oversharer. 
Like I've always liked sharing things and personal things and not like, I mean, I don't think I'm always other than my health issues. I don't think I'm terribly personal. Like, it's not like I'm telling people about like my relationship status or about my family or about other things. Like it's pretty much just like me playing around with different things and like random stories. So it's not like I'm like a, a vlogger in that sense where I'm like really sharing a bunch of details about my life. Um, but with this, it, it was really like, I just really wanted to tell people and I'm so happy that I did because it's also in part, like as much as the relationship you have with the people who follow you can seem like it's just like a surface level thing or it's not really real, but the support I got from people was such a real human support. And in this way where it like genuinely made the process a lot more bearable because of the support I got from people online. And like, and in part that was like, yeah, just people like having a lot of people like root for you and cheer for you meant a lot, but also having people who'd gone through similar experiences reach out and sharing what, what it was like for them. And it's like, cause you can talk to doctors all you want, but most doctors have not gone through brain surgery mm-hmm. and they don't know what it's like. And like now I'm having a lot of people reach out who are about to go through brain surgery and they're like, I don't know anyone who's gone through this. And I just realized how lucky I was to by telling people online. Suddenly I got in contact with like tens of people who had gone through similar experiences. And like, as I was going through recovery and stuff like that, like just being like, Hey, is this normal? Like, did you also have that? And they're like, yeah, totally. That will pass. Or like, yeah. So it was, it was such a real support and like genuinely helped me. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking my, my cousin went through a similar thing. So yeah. She, she's had like three, I think at this point. Oh she's God, like, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh no, it, she's doing, sorry, she's cousin. doing great. But yeah. Uh, um, that that personal element. So now, as like you kind of go through and and it's ongoing, right? This like I don't know. This is like very harrowing experience, right? Um, how do you deal with like going back into normal life and like starting again, or like because you seem to like jump right back into it? Yeah, a little bit too fast, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is because you're just like, I mean, when you're, you kind of, at least for me, I kind of just wanted to be over with it as soon as possible. Okay. And especially now, because I went through radiation treatment recently and it's like, and you're just like, okay, I'm done. And I want to do all these things because like, I love my work yeah. so much. And like, I can't wait. Like, I'm just itching to get back and to get to back to my workshop and to building stuff. Um, So it was never really, I mean, mostly it was like kind of weird after yeah like after I went through my surgery and posting about that and then posting like an update of how I was doing and then suddenly because like the content I usually make is very like silly and lighthearted, and you're like yeah how do you transition from something that's pretty heavy and dark um and personal to like having a robot throw soup in your face but I mean I feel like it kind of, I don't know. Everyone seems really supportive and, and, and like, that's like super positive, you know? I'm, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't understand what I've done to deserve such amazing subscribe. Like yeah, people, no, it's like sure, really, sure. they're the, on it's like the nicest people yeah. and they're very understanding and just like, yeah, 
down for anything really. And those are the people that are commenting. Those yeah. like there are plenty of other people that I'm sure feel like feel for you. Yeah. But aren't active, which is yeah. kind, of, kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think about all these experiences and like what it means in the context of like taking time off and interacting with other people. And and if you I don't know, if someone was like going through not necessarily your same situation, but like a similar situation where they had to take a bunch of time off. Yeah. Um do you think you like had any big learnings aside from making YouTube videos about it, like on how to better deal? I mean, the thing with taking time off is that it's like I almost have this like flipper relationship with people online because I'm always like, hey, like I'm feeling like I'm having some health issues again. And everyone's like, Simone, take time off. And <laughs> okay, it's almost okay. the reverse what I see a lot of other people having where they're just like, when are you going to upload a video again? Yeah. Uh, and the people and especially the people in Patreon, they're just always like, <laughs> where I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to like take some time off. And like, if you see me online, like tell me to get the fuck out. And they're like, Simone, it's what you said last month too. And then we saw you on Twitter, like right, right. just take some time off, girl. Uh, and I'm like, oh gosh, you're the best. Uh, but what was the question? Yeah, I just like the, advice for people who have to go through that. Because yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think, Honestly, yeah, the, the, the main thing um, and the, the, the best thing about it is just asking for support and asking for help. And I had a, just amazing support and amazing friends. And I'm really happy that I dared to ask people for help because it's very easy to kind of be like, no, I don't need it. I got it and be like stoic about it. Yeah. And there's definitely like, there, there's something so vulnerable about being like, Hey, I don't feel well. Can you please come here and like, just check on me. Um, and, and doing that, like those were the best moments of like kind of asking for help and daring to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably the, the main takeaway. And also just, knowing if somebody like how to try and deal with it if somebody else is going through the, the the same thing where it's like I mean I had a lot of people reach out and be like if you ever want to talk and that's like really nice and great but then I also had people who just like helped out on such a practical level mm -hmm. and were like grub hubbing me food uh or like gave me uh, pajamas and stuff like that. Cause they're like, you're going to like be around in slacks for a yeah, long time. Yeah. And like, just, just yeah. things like that. That was really, really sweet and really helped on a practical level. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you feel that you've had, this was a question so I can, I can throw some credit to them. Uh, do you feel like you've had a perspective shift since this whole thing went down? I think, yeah. In, in it's having, being faced with your own mortality is in some way a very healthy experience, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you're always, I mean, of course, you know that you're going to die some way. Mm -hmm. But being like very face to face with it, it's like, it's just such a good reminder to spend time on the things you actually care for. Um, and for me, it was it was great. I mean, it really made me kind of take a look at how I'm spending my time and how like much guilt and anxiety I have around work and things like that. And just really try to be like, how can I make sure that I have a work life that I really enjoy and also really taking care of the people around you and like being there for people. Like that's like, cause when the day when you really need people or when somebody really needs you, like it's really, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds so like leapy cliche. No, like, it's take care of the people around you. But it was really like it, it was probably the first time in my life where I have wholeheartedly needed to depend on other people and having people who showed up was was everything. Yeah. It's it's hard when you're like you're finally an adult, you know. And you're like, yeah. man, I'm doing my own thing. It's yeah. like it's all working and like there you are again. Yeah. Yeah, suddenly you like need help like you're showering. Like a baby, basically. Yeah, yeah, you're like I need help showering and having people that you're okay to let in on that. Yeah. <laughs> also known as my mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so did, what were like the the tactics that you like kept your work under control with or did you have to set boundaries or what did you do? During that period? Yeah, afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. I mean, I think it was mostly it, it that was kind of the pivot point where I was like if I don't want to build or shitty robots, that's okay. Or just feeling like I had this kind of format on the yeah. content that I was making. So you and just that like I gave was, yourself permission. Yeah, gave myself permission. And it's really, it was really scary to step away from something that you know works and that has like proven to be successful to some extent. Mm-hmm. And that was like shitty robots for me, but, um, and trying something else. And it's definitely been at the detriment of like the growth of my YouTube channel and everything like that. But I have never enjoyed work as much as I'm doing now. And I'm like just stoked about the projects that I have in the pipeline. And like, it's just of such an eclectic collection of things and ideas and stuff I'm interested in. So yeah, it really like my health issues helped, give helped me give myself permission to try other things Mm. including like what would that you know if you had to drop the moniker all all the shitty robots like if that just went away it's fine to you shitty robots yeah um what do you mean if i like never built a shitty robot robot i mean i haven't made a shitty robot in like a year i know i haven't seen any yeah yeah um no i mean it's like it's not that i don't want to make shitty robots it's just if i find an idea i'm excited about i'll do it but right now i have a bunch of other things that i'm excited about too so yeah i'm just yeah trying to give myself a lot of permission okay so what is the biggest challenge that you're having right now Mm. color matching car paint yeah <laughs> it's hard really yeah for, for can you talk about the project no great <laughs> perfect <laughs> probably be out mid june okay so you need a little time yeah. um now what about challenges as a creator and an entrepreneur you know it's like been i'm in like I, the big biggest challenge now is that I'm still dealing with a lot of health issues and trying to find good ways of pacing myself um, while, yeah, while still having an output or still, like, following through with the projects I have. Yeah. So I think that's the main, like, just making sure that I listen to my body and, okay. like, let it set boundaries. But I'm on such a, like, inspiration streak Like, I'm just really excited about things. Yeah. So it's like, it's weird. I'm trying to feel like I always have like, oh, this is what I'm challenged. Like, this is what my challenge is. But my challenges have really not been in work. Like, work has been really great. It's mostly been in health, health related stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's also like I'm, I'm really privileged in the sense that I have like a team that can help keep things afloat and do a lot of, a lot of the other, like the back stuff. Right. 
So, but that's an interesting angle the the creative inspiration. I always just find that like whether it's like creative or more entrepreneurial entrepreneurial projects, like have, I'm sure you've had moments where like you're in a funk, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And it just fades. Yeah. What are the steps that you take to get out of like, out of your funk? I think it's it, it is a lot about once again about giving yourself permission and trying to find and like there's this tendency to feel guilty spending time on something you're excited about and it's really it's weird like it's super but i feel like we've been taught from a very young age that things that are important are supposed to be difficult and kind of boring and painful in some way like it always and there's a sense that like doing admin work or like answering emails like at the core that is like really the most important thing Um, so for me, it's just, and like how I started with shitty robots was because I gave myself permission to play around, even if with things I didn't know the end goal of and kind of trying to like reason my way out of that guilt. And I, I think that that's still the same thing because there's always like, what, yeah, what is like that one thing that you're like, oh man, I wish I could get around or like have time to do that thing. And it's like, it could be like a sewing project or like a silly app or whatever. But I really feel like the creative equivalent of play or that is like, that is like grownups playing. Yeah. That's the same. Like it doesn't have an end goal. You're kind of just playing around and we're very bad at creating environments and spaces for ourselves to do that. I think there's a, there's a big streak of kind of the amateur running across your videos that I really admire you're like, oh, I'm just going to like goof and like try this thing out and like yeah. maybe it will work and maybe it won't. Yep. And that's kind of what makes them so compelling. <laughs> it's like, obviously they're like, some of them are, are kind of shitty for shittiness's sake, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, but the like, that angle is so uncommon, especially in the like the quote, like serious professional world. But it is, it is playing. Like oh, this sure. is my, my 28 year old version yeah, yeah. of playing. Um, and that is just like, yeah, just trying things out and kind of being like a kid jumping around in a puddle for the sake of it. And I feel like that is such a, as much as it's like, I mean, I, I run a YouTube channel, like I can do that. Like this is not advice that's applicable to every work environment, but there are parts of it. There are where that's like, for, for me, that, that mindset is what has brought me some of the most enjoyable and also sometimes successful projects. It's funny when you look back at it, and it, at least for me, the, the things that have worked out, I, I struggle to think of an example of something where it was like, this is a massive weakness I have, and then I like put all the energy into it, and then it's like a massive success. It's way more often like, oh, these are like your innate qualities and yeah. shit you're already into, and then you just like push a little harder, but it's not even that hard to push because you're into it. Yeah, and it's like, and there's this thing of like... Yeah, once again, us valuing things that are hard and that we struggle with yeah. and where it's like, no, but I'm I'm going to be a lot better at doing the things I enjoy than at the things I don't enjoy. If something comes easy to you and you think it's fun, uh, then that's probably what you're best at. And yeah. But at the same time, we have this, like I've noticed for myself at least and that I've heard from a lot of other people, do you have this like programming of feeling guilty about that? Absolutely. Because yeah. you're like, no, but this is too easy. Like I'm supposed to be like, if you're working hard and you're being really productive, it's because you're like really pushing yourself and it's painful and it's just so not true. And I, I wonder if that's like a societal thing. Like where does that 
come from? Is that just like a cultural thing where that's what you're taught in school where it's like, or yeah, like where, where does that start and how can you kind of reprogram yourself to be like when things are fun is probably when you're at your best. It's yeah, it's, it's basically, it feels like you just undervalue what you have always. Yeah. So like whatever your innate qualities are, you're like, fine, whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's just like, I just happen to be good at this, but like, that's not worth anything. Cause I like, can, it's easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We undervalue like things that are easy. Yeah. Because it's then what, what is work? Right. Like work is supposed to be work. It's supposed to be hard work. Right. Or what just, about or easy boring. work? Easy, Branding. Yeah. <laughs> easy work. Uh, come and take our That's seven week book. course, easy work, <laughs> find the things that come, come easy to you. Right. Just make a real quick list at the beginning of the class. And, yeah. uh, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's the whole class. <laughs> so like, yeah. But then like, obviously there's a line between like short-term pleasure and long-term satisfaction. Right. Yeah. But it's also, I feel like you are much more, your job is going to be a lot more sustainable if you enjoy it. No doubt. Yeah. But also I feel like that's also kind of when people burn out. Like it's when you're doing things that you're really passionate about. In many, in many cases, like I feel like it's in some way easier to burn out when it's something you're really excited about and care for because you're kind of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But like only that will give you the motivation to like really push through. Yeah. Um, so like when it when it comes to like discipline around all of this stuff, do you just like say, you know, whatever, 8 a.m. every day, like I'm on it or do you just kind of like do whatever? No, I it's kind of I, I feel like I've had the opposite development of a lot of other people because I used to be so disciplined when I was a teenager. Like I was so ambitious in school and I was like always, I would study for seven hours straight on a Sunday and was like super like never went out, never did anything fun because I was just (laughs) like grades is everything. And I've become less and less disciplined as I grow up. And now I kind of have a team that can be disciplined for me or make sure that things like don't fall through. But I mean, there are certain things that I'm disciplined about. I try to really be disciplined about how I take care of myself Mm -hmm. and making sure that I sleep enough, that I eat well, that I exercise, that I meditate. Like those are like kind of the cornerstones of my discipline. And that's, it's funny because that doesn't really fall under the umbrella of discipline generally. But for me, it's like really been the thing, the type of discipline that helps support me in, in my work life and in my life in general. Um, But then it's, no, I mean, there's not really, there is starting to, I mean, we have some structure to what we're doing, but I generally get in like maybe 10 or 11 or like whenever I like, whenever, yeah. yeah, when I wake up and then it's like really just trying to prioritize what needs to get done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So prioritizing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's about. Um, so we don't have a ton more time. Uh, I do want to get to all these, some of these questions yeah. that people sent in. Okay. Uh, so just like, let's like rip through them and yeah. give as many people credit as possible. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's start with this one from Allie, just because she says, uh, hi, I, I love you, Simone. You're too cool. Uh, <laughs> but her question is, uh, <laughs> how do you get started when dealing with imposter syndrome? Understanding that everyone suffers with or suffers from it. And I think talking to other people about it. Yeah, because you that's how you realize that everyone has it. Yeah. Beep Boop asks, what's your favorite robot? Oh, it changes a lot. Um, let's say the lipstick robot. Okay. It's a fun, yeah. 
that's also the most painful one I've ever filmed because I did a bunch of different takes and like having to clean off your face in between. And I just like had paper towels and I like try to wipe off my face and just got redder and redder. And I was like trying to put makeup over it. Oh yeah. But I don't know. It's just a fun random one. Are there all like weird continuity things in that video? Yeah, totally. There's actually a piece, like you can see that there's lipstick in my hair. Oh great. In the clip that made it out. Yeah. So that's a little Easter egg for anyone who's listening to this. Um, Bestie asks, are there any moments that when you feel bored and you feel like giving up on creating new things? No, I mean, being bored is one of my best creative processes. Like if I am overwhelmed and I have too much to do, I have no ideas. But if I just take like a weekend off or like a few days off, then suddenly I'm like, I find things to do to stop being bored. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually, it's like not that being bored doesn't make me want to create things. It's being bored makes me really want to create things and entertain myself. Yeah. During that boredom period, do you allow yourself to get on your phone and like hang out on YouTube and stuff like that? Like consume? Uh, yeah. But I also try to make sure I don't consume and that I create more more than I consume. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard because we live in a time where you kind of never have to be bored. No. Yeah, you can entertain yourself endlessly um, with with content online. <laughs> not great. Uh, all right. So in this advice category, so uh, Kawar Shahzad asks, "What do you wish you knew when you started your career?" I wish I knew. Oh gosh, I mean, just to it's always. I mean, this is the advice I feel like I'm always giving myself, and that I'm or like past self and <laughs> failing to live up to now. But it's just being kinder to yourself, and yeah, letting yeah, just not being so guilt driven. Like I constantly feel guilty about things, and it's something I'm always trying to work on. And like having uh, or doing YouTube is like a endless fields of guilt because you could always put out more content. Like I could work 24 hours a day and still not get done or like satiate the algorithm with content. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like if you could work, if you're in a field where you could work 24 hours a day and still not get done, that means you could just as well work eight hours a day and just get a little bit less done, but have a good life on the side. A lot of, a lot of things will take everything you can give them. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be careful. So on the YouTube front, Olaf Doshki asks, um, what would have happened if your YouTube, to- if your toothbrush helmet wouldn't have gone viral? Would you still, what would you have done? I think I would have loved to, I mean, yeah, work with uh, product design and kind of like my dream job was to work at IDEO. Oh, okay. Yeah. And cool do company. product development and, and, and stuff like that. So I think maybe that or... I mean, I, both of my parents worked in television, and I think maybe I would have been sucked into that. I mean, you kind of like, are. Yeah, being like, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's what they told me from the start. They were always like, Simone, we think you'd really work like working in television. And I was like, no, because it's what your parents do. And you're just like, you're like, no, I'm going to be a scientist or whatever. And then now they're like, kind of like, I told you so. <laughs> you're the first like YouTuber I've met that actually has a parent who's on TV. Yeah, it was it was great support in all of this because like they I always get questions of people like, what do your parents think? And I'm like, 
They were like on a board from the start. Like they yeah. totally got what it was all about and were great support. Like my dad um, used to uh, run a production company and is like now doing a lot of the like legal side of, of TV stuff or like kind of negotiating with format rights and stuff like that. And like when you're starting going viral on the internet or you have a video that's going viral, you always have like all these platforms reaching out, wanting you to sign release agreements and stuff like that. And like just having a dad that I could bring that to and who was like, no, you can't sign that. You have to push back on that was like so great. And also having a mom that worked as a TV host for a long time and kind of being able to like fall back on her experience and being like, mom, there are like people who want to take selfies with me. Like, how do I deal with that? Like, this feels so weird. And she's like, sweetie, it's all right. Man, that's great. Oh. Yeah, I like. I lucked out. In that I lucked out. They're good people. Um, all right, so uh, two, two more. Uh, so first of all, the astronaut you interviewed is coming back to Earth. You see yes. That? Are you doing a, another episode? Uh, we don't have any plans, but David, if you're interested, make it. Let's happen. do it. That would be fun. Okay. He actually sent me a. On the day of my surgery, he like emailed me a video and was like, Man. "Hey." Just wanted to wish you good luck. I'm in Kazakhstan, uh, like doing training, but like, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, he's super sweet. Uh, And then just like this last one, uh, Jonathan Nader asked, what is the best version of yourself? I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, gosh. I should have prepared a really smart (laughs) answer for that question. The best (laughs) version of myself is, I don't know. Just when I feel grounded and happy and excited and surrounded by people I like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I I wish I would have had time or brain space to come up with a better answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Uh, Best version, Sunday mornings. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow i don't know yeah sunday 1102 a.m 11 11 a.m i am on fucking fire yeah <laughs> all right perfect thanks so much for coming in thank you all right thanks for listening so as always you can find the transcript and the video at blog.ycombinator.com and if you have a second it would be awesome to give us a rating and review wherever you find your podcast see you next time